Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we're glad that all of you are here. And uh, I want to thank the Lord for all of his blessings to uh, all of us this week. The Lord's been good. I don't know um, <clears throat> how much you have heard on the news and keep up with some of the things that are going on, but I know uh, I read one article where uh, they estimate that 97% of Russia's army is now in the field amassing for Ukraine and uh, an offensive there. Uh, that's a, a tremendous um, <clears throat> amount. I don't know how they, um, you know, arrived at that number. Uh, don't know. Uh, how many more uh, flying balloons they'll shoot down from China uh, or find. <clears throat> but um, I know that um, I saw where the State Department uh, issued an immediate warning to all United States citizens in the United States, I mean in Russia. They said, uh, you need to come home immediately. Uh, they are preparing for a major offensive and they believe that it's going to draw uh, NATO and some of these other countries into it. And in fact, um, I think a Russian bomber was escorted away from America today. He was flying over Alaska and uh, two or three Russian fighters were over Poland and they were escorted to the border by NATO pilots. So what are you saying? Are you afraid? No, I am giving you just a synopsis of the events that I read. How many re read about any of those or few of those? All of you, few of them? Anyway, uh, those were some that I read. How many more? I don't know, uh, what all does that mean? I, I don't know, but when our State Department gives a warning, you don't need to be in Russia, you need to leave immediately, we don't know that we can trust you, uh, your safety, that's uh, pretty stern for, <clears throat> you know, um, travelers to and from uh, that nation. So here we are, in the midst of Ohio, and I um, don't know if you also heard, I was, I, I thought about teaching on supernatural thinking, uh, and, and that involves supernatural praying and all of this, and yet Monday morning, uh, Brother Stark um, sent a video link to the ministers in the Ohio district. He is our district superintendent talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost at Ashbury uh, College or University, whatever it's called, which is a Methodist school starting, it started last Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, last week, seven days ago, they were in a chapel that's not an uh, easy picture to see the chapel, but it's kind of a, has an has a, a open air balcony or coming down both sides. And, and uh, the students were in this chapel, begin praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, raising their hands, and started speaking in other tongues. They started having a major uh, explosive outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It began on social media to spread. I don't follow Facebook. Uh, I told my mom and dad about it Monday, and my mom said, oh, yeah, I've been noticing that's on Facebook. Of course, she's a Facebook uh, queen. I said, well, I didn't know about it anyway until uh, Brother Stark had told us to uh, look. And um, there are numerous photos and then of course there were also reports that a group from uh, Mount Vernon Nazarene School and other schools in Ohio started hearing about it driving down 
and receiving the Holy Ghost. You say, well, pastor, that happened in the 70s. Sure, I agree. I, I don't, but I, I will just tell you and numerous photos and uh, my wife had to have some dental work done and uh, Tuesday morning she got up and uh, she got the earliest appointment thinking she would be done by nine for ladies prayer. Unfortunately, she wasn't. And um, they had her in the chair and they were doing all this dental work and uh, ironically, the dentist uh, was, has his assistant there and of course they're talking and you know, she's got her mouth wide open, you know, and they're drilling and packing and doing what all they're doing. And, and um, he says, well, did you hear what happened at Ashbury? And, uh, and then uh, the assistant said, wow, what happened? Well, they started, uh, there was this, He didn't talk about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He said they just started breaking out into worship and they've had a real Christ experience. Much like people had 50 years ago in the Methodist church. Well, they actually had it almost 100 years ago in the Methodist church. There were people that were filled with the Holy Ghost because they were called the shouting Methodist and so forth and they prayed and worshiped. So the Methodist church was not a, 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 not, was a, a worship experience church as well as word church. Now over the years they have moved far afield from that but a bunch of young people started doing it again. And um, many years ago when we were in Arkansas, uh, the United Methodist pastor's wife received the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues and uh, came to our home. We visited, we taught, we showed them in the Bible where that was and they became a part of a group called Methacost. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it was like a hybrid of Pentecost and Methodist. And uh, they used to have a meeting in Little Rock. I got to go. There were some 11 or 1,200 ministers and their wives that were all believing that you could receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So uh, powerful uh, here, expression, powerful uh, moment of, you know, here we are praising. And we oftentimes, I, I say we oftentimes, maybe that's too harsh. I think sometimes we take for granted the flow of the Holy Ghost and the feeling and the fact, you know, we had a young man get the Holy Ghost Sunday night and it's like, hallelujah, oh, that's so sweet. And then we go on. But there are people that this is brand new and it's so amazing. And that's what's so powerful. And so when you talk about supernatural thinking, We're supposed to have it because we tap into a supernatural power. And I know I can easily tell you that um, you say, well, what is supernatural thinking? A lot of people uh, have a a mixed definition of what supernatural thinking is. They believe that maybe somehow supernatural thinking is believing in aliens or is believing something. But I'm going to show you tonight just for a few moments about why supernatural thinking is important and why it's important for us and how to keep it and how to maintain it and how to stay plugged into it, if that's all right, just for a few moments. Mark the ninth chapter, the 23rd and 24th verses, and I thought I would start with the words of Jesus for those who say, well, I believe the words of Jesus. And so I thought, well, here it is. Jesus himself said unto them, him, if you can believe, 
all things, this was to the man whose son was uh, trying to commit suicide, throwing himself in the fire and all that. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. You remember what did the father say? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Of course, this was before the Holy Ghost. And have we ever felt the same way? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And yet, <clears throat> Jesus recognized that. One chapter over, he was talking about uh, who could uh, be saved, and he had a man that had a lot of money, and he basically said, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and, and the people started questioning him, his disciples, how is this going to happen? What's going to happen? How can anybody be saved? And Jesus' response was, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what, what did he mean by that? If you ever go to uh, Jerusalem, or uh, actually I think there used to be one at the gates of Bethlehem, but um, they would enclose uh, a gate to where it would be a very small entrance. And in order to fortify these cities, you would go in a gate, then you would have to turn to the left, go about two paces, turn to the right, go two or three paces, turn back to the right, turn back to the left before you could get into the city. And that was designed as a gate that would require soldiers to take off their shield, to be vulnerable. When they came in, they were to remove everything and then they could, if they were enemy, they could attack them, kill them. And so this eye of the needle was this maze that they went through sort of to get into the city. And he said, it's easier for a camel to get through that. Well, let me tell you how a camel would have to get through that. You would have to take everything off the camel and you'd have to have two or three guys in the back pushing on the back of the camel, a couple guys on the front pulling on the camel and camel spit. I, would, I, I don't know if I'd rather be at the back or the front. <laughs> they spit and then, of course, you know, the back has its own issues. And it's push it in and then turn it and then somebody pushing it around and then turn it. So most of the time they left camels outside. They'd tie them up outside. They didn't want to bring them into the city. And so he was saying it would be easier to get that camel through that than it would for a rich man. Why? Because Money is evil? No. The Bible doesn't say money is evil. It says the love of money is evil. But it wasn't about even the sense of the money issue. It's that when we have our life and I have my ability and I have my phone and my iPad and Walmart, I don't pray for daily bread. I got a Walmart app. I can order it and go pick it up. I got a Kroger app. I got a Giant Eagle app. Huh? Oh, Lord, help me today. Give us this day our... Huh. Well, I go to Walmart. I go to Kroger. I don't need to pray about that. And so the more stuff you have, the less desperate. I mean, uh, any pain? I, I need to make an appointment with the doctor. And I, I'm not against going to the doctor. I'm not against going to Kroger or Giant Eagle or Walmart. I, I'm not saying you got to, you know, be the little red hen and grow your grain and grind your grain and make your bread. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is it's easier when we have stuff that we don't 
go to God first. You know? I, oh, I can do it this way. I can do it that way. And so, basically, the Lord says, it's easier for that camel. And they responded by, well, who can be saved? And you know what he said? With man, with men, it is impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things are possible. So, it doesn't mean that you have to give away all the money. It doesn't mean that you have to, but you have to become humble and say, I need God. I need God to touch. I need God. Now, that's not the only verses. There are numerous other ones. When Luke, same thing, uh, just to read. And he said, these things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Paul picked up on that in Philippians. And here he was in jail. Now that's important to remember. He was believing in the miraculous power of God even though God hadn't delivered him. It's easy for me to preach, well, God will heal you when I'm healed. But if I'm sick and I'm trying to pray for God to heal you, Huh? And I've had people say, well, I can't pray for anybody else. I haven't been able to get my healing. I haven't been able to get my... That's not true. Paul wrote these words when he was in jail, and he said, it is God which works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Later on in the same book, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, I know sometimes that doesn't feel like it. Or sometimes I say I can do all things and my body says, oh no, you can't. Amen. And you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I do believe in there are physical and sometimes mental and emotional limitations. But that doesn't stop me from having supernatural thinking. You understand? I mean, I may go, oh, yeah, in Jesus' name, I'm going to dunk that ball a reverse dunk behind my head. Or just dunk it in any way. I'm going to leap up that tall. Some of y'all are already doubting my supernatural belief that I can run over to that cord and just dunk the ball. Of course, I, we have one goalpost that we can lower, so just to tell y'all, those that were doubting, we, we have one that I can get it down to where I can do that. The point is, you say, well, Pastor, that's not realistic. That's, and, and, and there's a difference in what I'm going to say, maybe define as magical thinking versus supernatural thinking. You understand? It's like I'm going to pray one time and God's going to, well, we're going to see. That's not, that's more, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit into magical. So, um, in Proverbs 23, it says, for as he thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. Now, Paul in the New Testament said, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the, what is it? Mind of Christ. Now, that's why I said, I I do not believe that Christ needs me to go dunk the ball. You understand? And therefore, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm using my magical thinking about what I want to do versus what does the Lord want me to do? That's supernatural thinking. 
Lord, what do you have me do? Not my will. You know, it's magical thinking to say, okay, I'm just going to believe the Lord's going to deposit a million dollars in my account by this weekend. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord. He said, anything you ask in my name. You, you see what I'm saying? That's not supernatural thinking. You say, well, I'm praying by faith. Yeah, but I... What do I want that million for? Me? Well, I could support missionaries. I could give it to, uh, yeah, but you know why else I want it? Because I want a new car, house, boat, computer, phone, whatever, fill in the blank. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you go, if all of a sudden the Lord put a burden on my heart and said, I need you to raise some money for whatever missionary, and we begin to pray, and I begin to pray, and the Lord could open my mind and understanding to what I could do to set up a business, or to, and he would make it happen. He can put money in a fish's mouth. Obviously, and this is where people get off track because the Lord is accountable. The Lord works within the parameters of his word. And so if I got this idea, the Lord wants me to do this, I pray, I ask my wife. My wife says, that's nuts. I ask my kids. They say, that's nuts. Go to my folks. What do you think? That's crazy. <clears throat> then it might be that I had too many Brussels sprouts last night. Because the Lord will confirm his word. That's why I've had people, and, and some of you, and I, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I was praying. I got this idea. I got this thought. I got this. What do you think? And I've said, I'll pray about it with you. Let's pray. Let's give it a few days. Let's see what, see if we can get a confirmation on that. What it, why? Because if it's truly from God, God will confirm his word. When I don't need to ask anybody, and all it is, it's me and mine, and I want to do it my way, and I'm going to, and I haven't asked God about it. Hello. Then I go, well, I, I don't understand. Well, that's where <clears throat> we're supposed to have supernatural thinking that comes from whom? From God. Now, Acts, the first chapter, says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost. These were the words of Jesus. Zechariah said, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but what? By my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. What? According to the power that works in us. If I haven't prayed through to the Holy Ghost, I'm not worshiping. I'm not have a good relationship with God. I'm not in the altar and I'm expecting God just to perform one miracle after another. I would think the Lord's going to say according to the power. Now you say, "Well, are you saying that God won't answer unless No, it is uh, what, what does that verse say? Above all we ask or think, 
That means he's able to take us to a whole nother level of supernatural thinking. I, last Wednesday night, I didn't know this had been an outbreak in Ashbury. How many of you were praying, Lord, baptize Ashbury College Chapel? What? None of y'all believed? We weren't thinking about it. But the Lord did it above and beyond. I don't know that there was one Holy Ghost filled person praying for the Ashbury Chapel. We've been praying for 40 days. Lord, send revival. Lord, baptize. Lord, touch. And we're like shocked when it happens. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh my Lord, it actually happened. Second Corinthians, the third chapter, 17 through the 18th verses. <clears throat> now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face. What does that mean, open face? Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. You want to get involved in supernatural thinking? You've got to just be open to it. You've got to be able to look at the Lord, put your head up. Lord, I want, to, I want you just to baptize me. I want you to change me. I want you to move miraculously on me. He said, as long as we are open to it and we look at him with open face means that we're, you know, oh God, I don't know, Lord, I don't know if you can do it, but Jesus, it'd be wonderful. That's not open-faced. Raise your head up, throw your hands back, worship the Lord. He said, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are changed from image into that same image, from glory to glory, even as how by the Spirit of the Lord. So, you know, I don't know. These kids there, I don't know what prompted them, but they begin to open up and praise the Lord, and the Lord begin to move. And now, Let's go forward. First Peter, fourth chapter. And there are other verses. I Believe it or not, I didn't put all that I found. First Peter said, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Then he says, Arm yourselves. You need to be armed with the same mind. Why, why is it important that every service that we come, that we worship and we praise and we ask God to touch is because the Lord's got to start changing our thinking. He said, arm yourselves with the same mind for he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. What are you saying? Why do we try to do what's right, live what's right, do righteousness? Well, it's just because you're goofy. No, it's because we are trying to arm ourselves with the mind of Christ. And most of the stuff that... I read doesn't arm my mind with the... I, I, I mentioned all these reports of balloons and Russia and all this. I wanted to show you it's the last days. We're living in the last days. It could be whatever, however, that what's going on in the world. <clears throat> I want you to know about it. But if you're not careful, you can be depressed 
I had someone tell me, say, Pastor, you depress me every time you give us the current events. That's why I don't listen. Watch the news. I said, well, I'm sorry. That, my point is not to depress you. My point is to tell you, look up. Redemption is here. I, I don't know. I, I mean, we believe in the coming of the Lord. Amen. So, in order to be engaged in supernatural thinking, you've got to open your face, begin to worship the Lord. You have to know God. You have to have an intimate relationship with God. I, I quoted out of Philippians, and, and I, I didn't read these verses, but Paul said, I count all things but lost uh, for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to do anything that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. This is not about me, but which is of the law, but it's the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering that I may attain, if by any means attain unto the resurrection of death. Not that I'm perfect, not that I'm all of that in a bag of chips, but I want to apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. I want to know him. That ought to be our prayer. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you more than I've ever known you. I want to feel you. I want to know about your word. I want to know, I want to know your spirit. I want to talk to you. I want to be in your presence. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, and <clears throat> I would hate to think that I would ever look at my wife and say, well, <clears throat> you know, I, yeah, I'm so glad I married you 40, over 45 years ago, but uh, I don't really want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to know you anymore. I don't want to visit with you anymore. I'm just... You know, right now, and I know most guys, you know, you know I love you. I work. I do what I can. You know I love you. I don't want to talk to you. I would hate for... I know my wife would hate that. Huh? would hate for that to be my relationship. That I may know the Lord, not only know him, but that I surrender to him that I humble myself. Paul said in Ephesians 5th chapter, some of you remember it in the King James Version, I want to read verse, I think it is 17, or uh, one, one of the verses there of, of this. Um, it says, Wherein be not unwise with your understanding, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Remember that verse? Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I know some of you have never had that issue, but you've heard me quote that. Then he goes on down to say, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, Singing, making melody in your heart to God. And what does... That's verse 18 in the Amplified says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated... What? With the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That we're supposed to be, with joy you draw water out of the wells of salvation. We're supposed to be letting the Spirit flow all the time. You say, well, <clears throat> is that necessary? Yeah, because it's my surrendering my will to God. 
when I, when I act like, oh, you know, I've got my life, I can do what I want, I understand all of that. But at some point, I have to surrender to God. Uh, in the, uh, <clears throat> not only uh, surrender uh, myself, open myself up to it, uh, far as I know, nobody's ever gotten drunk that didn't reach out and grab a drink and take it. Huh? It's your will. Most, most people are not forced. They don't put a tube down your throat and force you to drink. Maybe at a hazing party at a college, but, huh? It's your will. You go where they have it, you get it, you order it, you take it, right? Well, guess what? Your will is involved in whether or not you're going to get the Holy Ghost. You got to go where it's being poured out. You got to say, I want some of that, Lord. I don't want to leave here until I get a dose of it, Lord. You say, oh, well, Pastor, what, what, I, what are you saying? I, I'm saying that, in fact, here we are <laughs> looking at, <laughs> I've got to put my will to doing it. So, uh, sorry. Here's Proverbs 16th chapter, 10 verses. My, not only do I need supernatural guidance and surrendering to God, but I have to surrender my plans and my thinking to God because, you know, I can make my own mind up. Well, this is what I'm going to do today. And this is my five-year plan. This is my 10-year plan. And then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Have I prayed about it? Have I asked God into the decision? Have I said, Lord, lead and guide me today? I mean, I tell these young people, I, I don't feel a bit bad. If they are praying and they're doing their best and they're trying to serve God and all of a sudden one, they're, they're going to be a, a whatever, a meteorologist and, 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 and it bombs out and they don't like the classes and they fail for classes. You know what I tell them? If you've been praying, asking God, seeking God, as far as I'm concerned, the Lord just shut that door. Don't get down on yourself. Say, all right, Lord, I'm not going into meteorology. What do you want me to do? Why? Because I should be actively asking God to be a part of my plans. My thinking, well, my plan is that I'm going to do this and then by the age 40, I'm, then by 50, and then by, fine, you can have all of that, but make sure you keep coming back to God with it. The Lord may have a whole other set of plans for you. Proverbs 16th chapter, I, I put it in the Amplified because it's just so powerful. It says, the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to whom? To man. But from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. All the ways of a man, I didn't say this, the preacher Solomon said it. You can justify anything are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirits and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I can't judge that. Then it says, roll your works upon the Lord. What does that mean? Roll your works on the Lord. Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this, but I'm doing it as unto you. That's what it said in the New Testament. Servants, obey your masters as unto. Lord, this is what I'm doing today, but if you have other plans, you can lead and direct. Okay? Roll your works on the Lord. Commit. And trust them wholly or completely to him. Notice what it says. 
This was before the Holy Ghost, Solomon says. He, meaning God, will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. Wow! He will do that. We talk about praying according to the will of God, praying in tongues. God is able to direct us if we are willing to roll our stuff on him. He says, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. The Lord has made everything to accommodate itself and contribute to its own end and his own purpose. You know what that, and, and let me tell you something, that's why, I'm sorry, reading about Russia, reading about China, all those things, they don't scare me because you know what? either in the jaw or in the nose. I see these young people. I grew up as a little boy in Illinois. One of the men in our church had a hog farm. And uh, when a pig wouldn't obey him, they'd come out and put a ring in his nose. And you know why? They'd put a little rope through it here, piggy, piggy, piggy. <laughs> I want to tell you something. Putin may think he's bigger than God. Xi may think he does, he's bigger than God. Zelensky, you name it, fill in the blank. God is still in control. He knows how to move people right around to what he wants to see accomplished. Say, oh, pastor, what if they, you know what? This is not out of the control. It's for his own purpose. Even the wicked are fitted for their role for the day of calamity and evil. Even the wicked. Everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting and it's hateful, is exceeding offensive to the Lord. It doesn't matter what you are, God still purpose will be determined. His plans are going to make it. You understand? You say, well, what if they Chinese did this and they released this COVID? If they did, the Lord allowed it to happen. He knew what was coming. Notice this part of this reading. By mercy, love, truth, and fidelity to God and man, not by sacrificial offerings, iniquity is purged out of the heart. That's why we pray, Lord, wash me, cleanse me. But by the reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord, men depart from and avoid evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is little with righteousness, uprightness in every area and relation and right standing with God than a great revenues with injustice. Then this powerful verse, a man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. You say, is it wrong to have a plan? No, but keep asking the Lord to intervene. Lord, direct my plan. Divinely directed decisions are on the lips of the king, but his mouth shall not transgress in judgment. Now, does that mean, as I said before, that I just go out here willy-nilly and say, okay, let's just tear all this building down and God's gonna give us Six million dollars, and we'll be able to put up another one next month. And hallelujah, I have faith. Y'all have faith. Let's have faith. The Lord was very clear about that. He said, if you don't count your cost, now you say, well, but don't you believe in supernatural? Yes, I believe in supernatural funds. I want to tell you something. This church put it, went into a $1.2 million project, and it's paid for. 
That's miraculous. We don't have any multimillionaires here. And we had people that pledged that for whatever reason left, walked away, left, moved away. God still supplies. What are you saying? Well, I'm going to just be candid with you. I didn't just go, yeah, let's do it. I I prayed. I talked to the board. We talked to the church. We had fundraiser. People knew what was going on. We were, huh? We didn't just go off without counting the cost, without looking at it. It's what Jesus said in Luke, in the 14th chapter. And then last but not least, and I only have three minutes, thank the Lord, because I don't want to spend a long time on it. This one's the hardest one at all to have supernatural thinking. Loving God and others. Huh? Oh, sometimes I can love God, but guess what? It's hard to love everybody else. He said, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemies. What did Jesus say? I say, love your... uh, Bless them that... If you don't need to stay full of the Holy Ghost to do that, God bless you. What well are you drinking from? Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. He goes on in Matthew and he says, if you love them that love you, what reward is it? Publicans can do that. If you're nice to those that are nice to you, big deal. Let me shake your hand. If you salute those that salute you, praise the Lord, good to see you. He said, that's nothing. But when you do it to your enemy, to someone that you know doesn't like you, he said, then be perfect even as your heavenly Father, where your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Let me tell you, that's a a whole lot. And in fact, when it just comes to loving God, it says to love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Tough, isn't it? To love your neighbor as yourself. You go on. John, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Every reason I'm reading, let me tell you, sometimes you just, it's on a Wednesday night and you, you'll understand. The reason why I give you so many scriptures is because the Bible is very clear. There are those things that are, you know, you, you, you'd be neat if you would do them. But when it's been covered by at least two in the mouth of two or three witnesses, that's a whole different ball game. Every word is established. So a lot of times I, I do this, not so, it's not, I'm not telling you, oh, you need to love your enemy, love your friend, love your, it's what the word says. Don't get mad at me, shoot the preacher, but it's okay. I've been shot at, hit before, I will again, it's all right. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God. Knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us, that he sent his only begotten Son. Herein is in love, that we love God. No, not that we love God, but that he loved us. In other words, you don't start the love thing. If you don't stay full of God... You won't be able to do this on your own. If God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Oh, went to one. Now, I'm not going to take the time, not only, I didn't put it in because I knew I would be down here at 8 o'clock. 
But if you want to just kind of understand what love is, read 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and tell me if you can do that without the Holy Ghost. You won't make it through three verses. Just sorry. Huh? We read it at weddings because we know they ain't going to do it either. patient, kind, all those wonderful attributes that most of us are doing 24-7, right? Doesn't believe evil, thinketh good. I don't even want to go there. Romans the 8th chapter. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. He goes on down in the 38th verse. I am persuaded death and life, angels, principality, what nothing shall separate us from. Now, if nothing separates us from that love, nothing ought to separate us from the love of our... Is that right? Oh. Pastor, you're hard, I know. I'm sorry. It takes supernatural thinking to pray through it. Huh? Last verse, I'm through. Romans, the fifth chapter. Back in Romans. By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations works patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope makes not a shame. We can't make it through that list. But the last phrase in it was what I wanted to draw your attention to. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the... Why do I need to pray through two or three times a week? Well, I don't really need it. I, you know, other people need that, but I... You've got supernatural thinking? Let me tell you something. It's hard for me to stay supernaturally up here. Huh? Love and plans. And say, well, pastor, I, I don't know that I need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I, I have to have it shed abroad. I, I got to have it. Lord, give me some more love, huh? Give me some more love. I got to pray through. You say, well, so-and-so hurt my feelings and they've upset me. You know what I'm going to tell you what you need to do? Keep, keep coming for prayer. Keep worshiping. Keep praising. Keep opening your face before God. Or if you're not careful, you get carnal in your thinking. And it'll be what they did to me and how they hurt me and they hurt my feelings and they did what? Huh? Let's stand.